0: On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack, huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going
1: near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score! Touchdown, Marlon Mack! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! And again, it's picked off, it's Darius Leonard! T and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40! He's at the 30! He's at the 20! He's gonna go! A pick six for the maniac! Horseshoe is back, baby! The horseshoe is back! What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts defense has looked very, very good in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, they, they have a lot of ranks right now um, in the top five for sure. Pretty much all of their rankings are in the top five. So I wanted to bring on an expert, uh, Kevin Bowen from The Fan. Kevin, thanks for joining, man. How are you doing?
0: Doing great, Cody. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. And, Kevin, like I mentioned, man, this Colts defense through three weeks, uh, just a little bit of stats here. You know, they're first in yards allowed per game, a little over 225, uh, first in yards per play allowed. Uh You know, fourth in rushing yards per game, first against the pass per game. Uh, You know, really good on third down. They they're they're ranked second right now in points allowed per game. So this defense right now through three weeks, they're playing very very well. Um, And you know, especially after week one, kind of a struggle um, to get off the field. The last two weeks, the Colts defense has really really done a lot of good things. You know, they have six six interceptions in two weeks against these last two opponents. And so, Kevin, I'm curious your impressions overall of this defense from you know week one now and week two and three.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly extremely impressed. Obviously, you just rattled off those stats, and and really a lot of it speaks for itself. And you know, obviously, you uh, you played the schedule that shows up, and I don't think we look at a Minnesota offense and think they're absolutely horrific. So, uh, you know, very very impressive what they've done, and just kind of rebounding and responding to. You know what I considered a disappointing performance, week one, and, and and just kind of something that I felt like was too reminiscent of what we've seen in years past. But I thought a really good job of playmaking has probably been the thing that stood out to me the most about this defense. is, Yeah, I mean certainly they've been great. You know yards, like you said, not allowing a whole lot of points, getting off the field on third down. But it's those turnovers that you mentioned. It was the passive defense that we saw in week two against Kirk Cousins, that offense, it, it, it's that level of not just simply getting off the field, it's creating short fields, creating points uh, directly. That is certainly something we have not seen from past defenses.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious, what do you think changed really from week one to weeks two and three, like something had to change. What do you think were the biggest things in your mind that, that made that change happen?
0: Well, I certainly think their their approach schematically has changed. I mean, going back and watching the All-22 even earlier today, uh, they are doing things differently from a coverage standpoint. They are being more aggressive, especially outside, and and just not letting, you know, whatever, a a three- or four-yard kind of no-cover zone um, that we saw Gardner Minshew find a great rhythm on, you know, in that season opening loss to the Jags. So I think that has been um, the biggest difference for me. Certainly, there's been better execution of the game plan, uh, but still, there was a, a clear shift starting in week two of just challenging wideouts and, and all pass catchers closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I go back to that first time against the Vikings. I mean, even when Adam Thielen made some big catches, just how difficult it was for Thielen to make those grabs. Uh, and I think that kind of set the tone for what we've now seen the past couple of weeks, and then, you know, certainly it helped with all the injuries the Jets are dealing with. At um at whiteout and, and clearly they had Sam Darnold rat, rattled, um, especially when he couldn't get it outside of the pocket. Yeah.
1: yeah, and how surprised are you at just the great you know pass defense, especially without Malik Hooker? Obviously he's out for the year, and then Rocky Asens missed the last two games. How surprised are you at how great this unit has looked?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Obviously you're you're missing a guy in Rock who you know, played the most defensive snaps. Uh, for you last season. Kamoko Ture is, a, is another name. You know, and you talk about the edge-rushing presence that he brings, and I do think that is something that's still missing from this defense is just that consistent speed rusher off the edge. Um, I think that is – yeah, I mean, that, that, that's something that even makes this most impressive. And I'm just – you know, I think everyone – I probably speak to everyone saying you're just grateful to finally see a shift in philosophy for multiple weeks. You know, there's been moments of this sort of approach at times over the last couple of seasons, but it's not been seen enough, not been seen um, as often. And, you know, it shouldn't have taken week one to be the wake-up call, but it did take that. Um, but still, they have done a just a great job of, you know, not just squeaking by these last two opponents. Um, they have thoroughly, you know, dominated on the defensive side of the ball against both these teams. So. Kudos to Matt, Matt Eberflus and his unit for uh, getting those guys – for, you know, obviously having a look in the mirror moment after week one, but then also getting those guys, you know, ready to, uh, to rebound and, and have some terrific playmaking.
1: Yeah. yeah, I guess I have a kind of a two-porter for you here. So, obviously, with Malik Hooker going out, um, you know, you have Julian Blackman, you have uh, Tavon Wilson coming in, um, kind of contributing to that. You know, I always was kind of like wondering, and I want to get your take on this uh, – You know, it seemed like when Malik Hooker was in there, he showed flashes like we've talked about, but there seemed to be a lot of miscommunication. And now without Hooker in there, there really hasn't been a ton of that. Not a lot of big chunk plays let up. Um, How big of a factor do you think that is just to have guys in there that are communicating well? And do you think, honestly, do you think this Colts defense, this pass defense potentially could be better without Malik Hooker in the lineup?
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I think at times Malik Hooker gets a really bad rap for not living up to top 15 you know, pick hype. Um, mm-hmm. In reality, though, he's been a, a nice starting safety in this league. Yes, he has not lived up to that hype, but um, this is a team that even when he was in the lineup early on in the year, it's not like they were allowing big plays, which seems to be you know kind of that big responsibility. If you look at Blackman on Sunday, I mean, he had a very Malik Hooker type of stat sheet performance. I think he only had – one tackle if I'm not mistaken but again you didn't give up big plays that's kind of the main responsibility for that guy back there um so Mm -hmm. I, I think when you get into sub packages and things like that you want to have black it'd be nicer to have blackman um you know more in kind of a situational role and not as that deep free safety so yeah I can't go there just yet I think from a depth standpoint it's a big loss not not having hooker
1: Sure, for sure. Um, And then kind of talking about, you know, the rest of this defense. So we'll start with the defensive line. I mean, they didn't have a ton of sacks, but they had a lot of pressure. Um, How big do you think it is, just that addition, obviously, of DeForest Buckner, um, having a guy like Danico Autry really emerging at the other defensive end position. How huge has this defensive line been to this turnaround for the Colts defense here?
0: Yeah, you know, I thought it really started in week two because, you know, from a run defense standpoint, just not enough in that really the first half of the opener, uh, allowing the undrafted Robinson kid for the Jaguars to get going there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Buckier played like an all-pro in week two. I mean, Danico Autry, like you said, has definitely offered some playmaking as well. You know, Justin Houston has kind of cleaned up a couple sacks, had the one late when Makai Beckton went out on, uh, on Sunday. You know, selfishly, I, I would like to see a little bit more from kind of your backup edge guys, Ben Banigou, al Mohammed. Muhammad Like to see maybe a little bit more there, and again, that's where the Kamoko Terry loss comes into play. Obviously, Tyquan Lewis, you know, showed up with a sack of, I think it was Cousins. Uh, I kind of got my games mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it was against Cousins. So that that D line group has got to be such a catalyst for you. Um, And I really thought they did a decent job, you know, getting into the backfield early on on Sunday's game against Sam Darnold, but just could not bring him down. So finishing Mm -hmm. those plays obviously is is key moving forward, and you are going to play some better offensive lines. I think, you know, Minnesota banged up with their line. Obviously, the Jets really banged up with their line as well. Um, So there will be bigger tests coming up. But so far, Buckner has been a guy that's been in on a lot of plays. Week two was definitely the highlight from a quarterback hit and a second-and-a-half standpoint. Uh, But from a tackle standpoint, uh, he's got really high numbers for for a defensive tackle.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing I'll talk about about this defense really is um, Bobby Okariki. These last couple weeks has really seen a raise in snaps. He's actually been out snapping Anthony Walker by a pretty wide margin. Um, so the past two weeks, Okariki's taken eighty five point two percent in in Week Two, and then eighty one point three percent of the Colts' defensive snaps. Whereas Anthony Walker fifty five point six, and this last week was a low for him forty three point eight. Do you can you attribute maybe Okariki's presence and more snaps to potentially a better pass defense here in these last couple of weeks?
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a good thought there and a good a good question. I, I definitely think it has to do um, a little bit with the Colts have gotten off to leads and mm-hmm. multi-score leads, and that's forced kind of their opponents to you know go to more of a you know three-wide personnel grouping, which then puts the Colts in nickel. And their nickel is Okariki and Leonard as the two linebackers. And really, the Colts haven't played much dime at all with just one linebacker out there and um, six defensive backs back there. So I think that has played into it. The Colts really want to have four defensive linemen on the field at all times. So that's something that we continue to see. But, yeah, I mean, those numbers have stood out to me because we didn't see that week one. It was mm-hmm. much – I think Walker out-snapped them by a lot, if I'm not mistaken, in week one. And now, like you said, it's kind of been the flip here in week two and week three. So I definitely have my eye on it. It's a start contract. It's probably the fewest snaps Anthony Walker has played compared to one other Mike, you know, when he's been healthy. Um and and certainly when you play some more, you know, teams throughout the season, maybe run heavy teams, you know, when you face a Tennessee or Baltimore, does that change a little bit at all, or is this gonna be the new norm moving forward? So Definitely Mm -hmm. something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on.
1: Absolutely. And the last question we'll talk about here, Kevin, the, the real reason why I brought you in here, because I want to get your opinion on this. Can the Colts defense continue this trend? Week one was a little bit rough. These last two weeks, they've looked lights out. I know the competition hasn't necessarily been the best in the world against some of the quarterbacks and some of the offensive lines that you played. Um, but I guess, can the Colts continue this? And what do they have to do? What do they have to continue to improve on in order to continue this?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be frank, I'd be shocked if they continue this trend. It's an incredible run, really, to the start of the season, just how big of a difference they are in several categories compared to the rest of the NFL. And pretty much by any metric you look at, the Colts have played by far the easiest schedule in the NFL. Um, And, and, you know, teams would love to play the Jets week in and week out. So this trend, no. Do I think it can be definitely an improved defense from last year and, you know, find itself late in the year, kind of hovering around the top ten? of defenses, I think that is a definite possibility. The nice thing about that group is from a front seven standpoint, they've remained pretty healthy. You know, none of really their front line guys outside of Toure, you know, and, and him not playing this year have been banged up. So they've been healthy there. Um, you know, they should get Rocky Seam back, but, you know, somewhat soon. It sounds like he could be back to practice the, this week as well. So that should aid you. But, I mean, you're going to face, you know, probably the best wideout you faced all season. On, um, on Sunday, you know, certainly when you get back from the bye week and, and you're facing, you know, Baltimore and Green Bay, you still have Pittsburgh later, later in the year, there will be tougher challenges. And I thought Frank Reich was very honest yesterday in a conference call and tempering expectations majorly with this defense of saying, this is a great start, it's fine. But Frank knows deep down who the Colts have played this season. And that barometer, that, that measuring stick is not at a January level. Um, So, no, I I don't see this defense maintaining number one rankings across the board in so many different categories that they've had. Um, But I have certainly seen signs here in the last two weeks that make me believe they will be an improved unit from last season.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for the insight, Kevin. I really appreciate you coming on, talking about this Colts defense. They've looked good the last couple weeks. We'll see if that can continue, or we'll see if there's be a little bit more drop-off as the competition kind of gets a little bit stiffer here in the coming weeks. But appreciate it, Kevin. I hope you have a great rest of your day, man.